home slice audio. Welcome to Doc Talk, a weekly podcast featuring Monument Health physicians addressing medical topics. Tune into your health with Monument Health. Hello and welcome to another episode of Doc Talk with Monument Health. My name is Mark Houston and joining me again is Dr. Luis Hernandez from Monument Health, uh, specializing in general cardiology. You've got the interest in heart failure, and that's kind of what our topic has been here over the past few episodes. And I and I have to ask, because it's been it's been uh, really kind of kind of uh, bugging me here over the past couple. Why did you decide to get into this, doctor? I mean, it is it seems like such an 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 amazing field to to study. Well, you know. Um, heart failure just is a new, actually new exploding, uh, exploding um, uh, field. Um, it wasn't as, as interesting, I guess, a couple years ago. I would probably say in the last 10 years, just blew. Really? Especially because we have more information. We know more than before. Um, now we have more, you know, we know more about transplants that mm-hmm. we didn't know nothing much, you know, years ago. Um, obviously, technology is improving. People have a normal heart with, you know, normal life with a new heart, for example, with a transplanted heart. Um, now we have pumps, for example. People can have a pump. It's a little bit different story, sure. though, but, but kind of similar. But um, in reality, the reason is why did I pick this? Yeah. Um, especially knowing that, there, you know, there is a lot of sad cases. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's for me is seeing how their life change. You know, seeing that patient being very sick. And then with your help and, you know, whatever you do, it can be a kind of medical therapy. It can be a transplant. It can be a pump. Whatever we do is seeing that pa- patient getting from being sick to being better, I think that's the most regarding thing you can see in your life. So even as a, when when you were a young boy in Honduras, did you did you still have these thoughts of like you know I, I want to be a doctor I want to be this is kind of what this is the path I want to take? Yes, actually I that the, being a doctor in general mm-hmm. I always knew it. So a lot of people say oh I didn't know until I was into you know until I went to high school I always knew it. I don't know why. Um, my dad is a mechanic. My oh, mom is wow. a teacher. So I, we don't have any doctors. I'm actually the first doctor in my family. And, um, you know, even though my dad never went to school, one of the things I always appreciate is like he would never crush my dream, you know. Yeah. You know, you will expect that someone who never went to school will say, oh, you cannot do this. You should right. be a mechanic. Or no, my dad, I always told him I want to be a doctor. Um, and then, you know, God gave me the opportunity. And here I am. Well, you know, it's interesting, though, because your dad could go into the engine of a car and replace an alternator with another one. And now you're kind of doing you're taking that to a much grander scale. <laughs> you're keeping people alive. Well, to make it um, you know, real and truth. We have to give part to the surgeons if we do a sure, transplant because right. they do do, but then the rest is my job. Though. Yeah, your your job <laughs> is to make sure that once that transplant or those pumps are in, that these people are living their best possible lives. Exactly. Until it's it's you know it's. I'm just time. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, so we've covered um, kind of you know living with heart failure. Uh, we covered in the last episode. We talked a little bit about um, COVID and heart failure, and and that's still. You know, Still a thing. I, I, yeah, you mentioned, I believe, that you know you don't really see an end to it anytime soon. Yep. Hopefully, we'll be able to deal with it like the flu. And I know. forgot to mention, you sure. know, there is some, um, and this is common in general, not just with COVID. Mm-hmm. It can happen when someone has like a, you know, a, a, I guess a, a big impact, a good new, a big news that impact the patient's life, or you know, even by having a stressful event. 
and COVID actually can cause what we call stress, cardiomyopathy. So your heart can get oh. weaker just by being stressed. Just by getting super excited about something too. Exactly. Probably exactly. <laughs> you know, it's more common in females. So you're probably safe. Uh, well, the nice thing is, is that I don't cheer for a lot of like uh, professional sports teams that win. So I don't have to worry about that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what I think we want to talk a little bit about in this episode here which is probably one of the, the biggest factors, I think, in determining um, or, 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 or causing maybe heart failure, and that is diabetes, which unfortunately is way too common. So I'm assuming that having diabetes is a, is a big risk increaser. Yep, it is. Um, and I think we should touch bases a little bit of not just diabetes. We're going to talk a little bit of high blood pressure okay, and a little bit of obesity because I mm-hmm. think there are the three of them are like very linked together. Sure. Um, diabetes itself, just by having diabetes, it, it increased two to four times your, your risk of having heart failure. Um, and the patients always ask me why, you know, and it's very simple. You know, diabetes causes a lot of other damage to other parts of your of your, of you know, your body. It damaged your kidneys. It damaged your heart. It damaged your your eyes. You know, so it damaged the vessels. It is a high uh, increaser having blockages in the heart. So remember what I mentioned before. What was the main cause of heart failure? Blockages in the heart. Right. So because of that, you have a high risk of, of developing heart failure and any other you know heart disease in general. What. Uh what what causes heart? I mean, you, you, I guess you just kind of explained that what causes the heart people uh, heart failure in people with diabetes, but you 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 were talking about um, obesity as well, which is another big deal. Yeah. Um, and the, and like you said, they're all just kind of tied they, together. They are kind of linked because if you if for example, most of the patient who has diabetes will have high blood pressure, mm-hmm. and the way I explain my patients is is um, because we do have what we call um, so we do have a diabetic cardiomyopathy. So cardiomyopathy means that the heart is weaker or damaged or what, you know, that's the easiest way to explain it, I guess. We do have hypertension, which is high blood pressure. So we do have hypertensive cardiomyopathy. So we have all this similar. Obesity itself has its own type of cardiomyopathy, which is typically preserved or normal or stiff heart. So they're all, all combined because all patients who are diabetic are, are most of the time are hypertensive and most of the time are ob- obese. Okay, so the three of them working together, you know, cause problems in the heart. So the mechanism of diabetes is, is kind of complicated. It's not going to be easy for me to kind of try to, I will try to explain as much as I can, but it's, it's very hard because there is a lot of things involved. Well, and there's, there's different types of diabetes. Yes. Is one, is one type uh, more prone to heart failure than others? Yeah, so there are a bunch of diabetes, by the way. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch. Oh, there's okay. two big ones, which is type one, which is the genetic one, you know, or familials. But I mean, there's familials diabetes, and then we have the type two, which is the most common. Okay. Okay. So if you ask me which is the one that's more most likely related with heart failure, most likely type two, not because we don't have much of type one. Well, not because we don't have others. It's because we do. It's just the most common, at least ninety percent of the time, will be type two. Okay. So the type one is is that one that is more in young people mm-hmm. rather than old people. So the type one, we do have cardiomyopathy, but it's not as common as, as the other one. I see. Okay. Um, so what uh, somebody that comes in uh, to you with diabetes, what is the next step then? What did what if they have that heart failure? Is it is it similar to just having a heart failure from any other type of of, of situation, or is there special steps they take because they're diabetic? So it's the same. It's the okay. same. Um, the difference will be that you you want to make sure they are well controlled from the diabetes standpoint. Um, we need to work together with endocrinologists. 
to make sure they get the more the most um, optimized you know medical therapy for diabetes because there's let's say you have no other disease except for diabetes right but if your diabetes is not well controlled then you can develop diabetes cardiomyopathy just by having diabetes you have a higher risk of blockages so you can develop heart failure too oh, so okay. the main the main goal or treatment is to try to control your diabetes, which is a little bit controversial because we know too that very tight control is bad. So it has to be a balance. Um, the ideal will be make sure that people do exercise to kind of reduce the risk, but you still have the higher risk. It's hard to just get it away. You now, and, and diabetes is a, is a, is a pancreatic uh, failure yep. generally. generally. Now, if somebody uh, can get uh, transplanted, let's say a pancreatic transplant, can that affect then heart the heart failure or once you once you have the heart failure it's yeah I don't it's there right I mean I don't know much about transplanting sure. pancreas right well, maybe, or can you trans- <clears throat> I, is that, I think is you can okay I don't know though <laughs> let's let's say let's imagine that we sure. can um, so the prob- probably the answer will be no um, and the reason probably the answer will be no is because the damage is already is already right. done unfortunately um, uh, once once people get diagnosed they were probably diabetic for at least four or five up to seven years before. Okay. It's just the sugar or the, you know, the levels of sugar, the glucose was not as high and they were still not being diagnosed. So most of the p- patients are already like pre- pre-diabetic mm-hmm. and they really don't get diagnosed until very late. And that's one of the things that, that's why prevention is good. You know, prevention is sure. a good thing. Um, and unfortunately, those seven years already passed or five years already passed. You know, you didn't get diagnosed until now. So there's already some mac- what we call macrovascular damage, meaning that the the vessels, the main vessels are damages, you know, and again, they all have a higher risk of blockages in the heart. So there, there's a chance that that's already there. Obviously, there is a component of genetics when we talk about blockages, the component of diet when you talk about blockages, but just by having diabetes itself is a high risk. So when people are on a lot of medication for diabetes, I'm sure one of their biggest concerns will be, well, now I want to be a lot of medication for uh, uh, you heart, know, failure. heart failure, too. Yes. Um, do, do most of those medications play nice with each other? They do. Okay. Um, what is interesting, though, we have a new medicine. I'm not going to say names, you know, because sure. they are very complicated. But <laughs> right. we do have a new heart failure medicine that it was originally or still actually a diabetes medication. Um, so sometimes, like, say my patient is pre-diabetic or in that kind of low range, and I use it for heart feather, I'm basically like kind of like hitting two birds with the same stone. Right. So I always explain them, you know, this medication was invented for diabetes, but you know, in a lower dose is for heart failure. So in those patients who have diabetes, we can use the higher dose for diabetes to replace one of their diabetes medication. And we can have like that that's the only medicine that can kill two birds with the same stone. Okay. The rest are d- totally different though. So when somebody does have diabetes and is diagnosed, you, you say usually it's a four, five, six year before um, should do you recommend that they get tested for heart failure? Even no. you know when they as soon as they find out, no, 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 because there is no way we you know we can prevent that. I mm-hmm. mean, we know again if you get diagnosed for diabetes, so make sure you get treated for diabetes. If you have high blood pressure, <clears throat> make sure you get treated for high blood pressure. If you have um, if you are obese, try to lose weight, do some exercise. So those are the things that you can do. But doing a test just to figure out if you have it, I don't think it's appropriate. I don't. Sure. You, know, you, know, you don't want to get something that you never had before. You know. Right. So I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's anything in guidelines to say that you need to get. I mean, it's it's very vague. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. It, you know, there's some people who get, I guess, risk factors. So it will depend, though. But I wouldn't recommend it if they, you know, just to figure it out. 
Okay. I, that, well, I guess, yeah, that, that makes sense, too, because, you know, like I said, there's no cure for heart failure. Um, but remember, you're not alone, and we can make yes, them better. I still, I still absolutely love that. Uh, we talked about that earlier, that uh, so much of this is communication, and I think it's that way for, for almost any, you know, relatively serious medical procedure. Um, you know, it's scary, because uh, when, when I started this and I saw the term heart failure, I thought, oh, my God, that that just means that there's no hope, you know. And I think talking with you now, uh, there's nothing but hope in, exactly. in some instances. There's a lot of things from right. medical therapy, again, to the worst case scenario, which is transplant and mm-hmm. pumps. You know, you still can have incredibly people with pumps can have a normal life. What is the, what what is the main difference? Well, again, this will this will sound like a stupid question, although you told Remember, me there aren't none. any. Exactly. <laughs> there aren't any. Exactly. Um, the, what's what's the major significance between pumps and transplants? Well, um, so but yeah. Again, one it is still an organ. Could be a stupid question, right? No, that's okay. One is an organ, <laughs> and the other one is a pump. Right. Um, what, what is? Explain a, the pump a little bit more. Yeah. So the pump is, is basically goes in the left ventricle, which is the left side of the mm-hmm. heart. The, you know, the heart that pumps to the body. So the pump goes in. It's getting inserted surgically. So you need a surgeon to put it in. But because it's a pump, it needs to. It need. It has a motor. It needs something to move. You know. So you need energy. So interestingly, it comes with a cable from your belly. You have the cable that come out from your belly, and then you are connected to batteries. You, in theory, can have a normal life in the sense that you can, if you want to do exercise in a gym, in a bike, you can. The pump will help you to do the normal things you do. Okay. What is the difference between a heart and a pump? And the way I see it, to explain people and make it easier, um, probably you, there are things, the quality of life with the transplant probably can be better. Because, for example, you cannot get into a pool with a pump. Sure. Because remember, you have a, you have a, right. you have a, basically, a, you look like a TV though. Right. You know, like a, a cord coming up from your belly. Yes. They need energy, so you look like a TV. Um, and then you cannot get a TV in the water. Right. Right. Yes. Well, you so shouldn't. Exactly. So that's one of the things. That's one of the things that you cannot do. So if you want to, if let's say you're a swimmer, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 we have to decide which one we have to use. That's something we take in consideration. Obviously, we prefer. Now that we're talking about that, I think it's important to people understand. I had a patient who told me that she was too old for a transplant. You know, we do have a time frame or, a, you know, a, a year, but typically up to 69 to 70 is still considered okay for a transplant, which is important to know because Boy, she was 50. Yeah. And she thought 50 was too old. So we don't have, if you are a good candidate, you can have 69, you can be 70. You, you know, even a good 71 can have a transplant. Sure. So there's no age limitation. So I think the difference will be quality of life. Um, again, there's pros and cons because if you have a heart, you need to be taking medicines mm-hmm. to make your immune system lower. So you have risk of other things. If you have a pump, again, you look like a TV, but right. you still can have a normal <laughs> life. You need to be taking blood thinners because you don't want any clots in that pump. Right. And then um, because there's, a, again, a pump, there's some activities that you're not allowed to do. Okay. Yeah. Now, how is the, real quick here, uh, how, how is the pump different from a pacemaker? Oh, Are a pacemaker is very simple. Okay. A pacemaker is kind of like, I guess, like this size. Sure. Uh, what size will you describe? Uh, I would say, well, it's, it looks like the size of a, you put a couple AA batteries together. Yeah, maybe probably. Something like that, yeah, maybe so a little bigger. smaller. Okay. Um, and that one has its own battery. And because it's only pacing, so it's only setting a pace spike, the battery can last up to 10, up to 10 to 12 years. Now, is a pacemaker used at all for heart failure, for any mm-hmm. type of, it is? No, okay. yeah, that's another good question. Yeah. Um, we actually do. And okay. it's important, um, we didn't talk about that, but there are, there are two types of patients with heart failure that require a defibrillator. Right. Not, not directly a pacemaker. They're similar. So pacemaker, the only job is to pace, mm-hmm. make sure that it will take 
it will make the job of your normal pacemaker if it's not working. The defibrillator has an extra coil that will give you a strong shock to the heart when someone has an, a fatal arrhythmia. I so people see. who have heart failure, if the heart is very weak, they are more prone to have arrhythmias. So those patients need a defibrillator. Oh, and there I is see. two types of defibrillator too, which that's a different story though. But <laughs> kind of like that's the the main, I guess the main sure thing. Well, I uh, I want everyone to know that uh, if if you are worried about heart failure and if you have the symptoms that we've gone over before. I don't think you'll be in better hands than with Dr. Hernandez here at Monument Health. I mean, it has been just a pleasure to talk with you and to feel reassured. Uh, again, I think that's the one thing that is most important when people come in because yeah. it's it's a very scary topic to, to hear about. Uh, but just knowing that with the right treatment, your life should will be, be normal. Should be just as normal as anybody else. And remember, you're not alone. Right. Right. I, I want to. You know, I should. That should be the tag for this now, since you're <laughs> kind of the first one here, doctor. I should yes. have that. Doc Talk with Monument Health. You're not alone. I yes. absolutely love no, that. No, I, I think I think that's one of the things I told my patients. You're not alone. Um, it's a. I know it's a scary diagnosis mm-hmm. at the beginning, but then when you hear about it, um, again, as you ask me, why do I like this? It's right. just seeing patients' life change. And I had patients, I, had a, I have a, right now, actually today, for example, I saw a young lady, her heart is weak, and then with medical therapy, her heart got better. So my point is, we can get the heart stronger back to normal with the right medicine. So you can be cured, and but you still have to take your medicine. Right. Though, you know? <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's exciting for you because you are taking off for a fellowship, I believe, yeah. in back to Florida. No, uh, Cleveland sorry, Clinic. To Cleveland Clinic, that's it. And yeah. uh, it, it's, it's going to possibly lead to the ability... Uh, for pumps and transplants here at Monument yeah. Health. And and that's what I tell people. We have everything at Monument, not just because I work there. Right. I'm very honest no, you can about say, it. No, you can, you can yeah. be a little... But uh, we have... No, no, no. <laughs> we do have everything. I really don't have anything that, you know, sure. I, I, I don't really think there's nothing that we don't have that we need for the heart. And Excellent. the only thing we're missing is the pump, which yes. we're planning to do it hopefully in the next couple of years. That's very exciting. Yes. Uh, Dr. Luis Hernandez, thank you so much for uh, talking with me here uh, over the past few episodes. And I I really hope that we get you back and let's talk some more because I I think you're really reassuring and that's exactly what people need in this situation. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me here again. You're very welcome. It's Doc Talk with Monument Health. You're not alone. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Haddon, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.